another episode of The Big Question presented by Friends of Film, a podcast in in-depth look at a specifically related question. On this episode, we'll discuss what is our favorite Star Wars movie. As always, I'm your host, Cooper Hood, and joined this week by Josh Daly. Hello. And Colton Leakty. Hello, boyas. <laughs> I had to do it. <laughs> All right. That is Colton. Uh, and as you know, I mentioned at the top of the show, that's, that's Jar Jar, right? Jar Jar. Yeah. That is. Good. Yeah. We don't actually have Colton. I'm sorry. I don't know why I mentioned Colton. We have Jar Jar Binks. In the flesh, Misa likes Star Wars. <laughs> uh, here to talk about his movie. I wonder what movie is going to be his favorite. We'll have to wait and find out. Um, but more Misa realistically, I mean, Colton may actually put some Jar Jar Binks movies up higher than you may expect. But uh, we are here to give our rankings of Star Wars movies because we've after Solo, it's been out for a couple months now. Um, there are. 10 live action theatrical released Star Wars movies. So, what better time to do a top 10 list than like wait till like nine comes out and then we have to cut one off or just do a top 11 list? And that's not fun. So, we're doing top 10 Star Wars movies in terms of our favorites. Um, we're also going to introduce the pause, which is the, an idea I'll admittedly, uh, I, we're stealing from the top 10 po- podcast show. Um, so John Roca, Matt knows you guys are listening to this for some reason. <laughs> Don't hate us. We are, you know, uh, um, what's, what's the phrase? Uh, copying is like the sincerest form of flattery. Um, something like that. Yes, something like correct. that. I think there's copying is not the right word, but, uh, this is what we're doing. So if the gap in terms of one of these movies is greater than two, we will, one of us or whoever is the higher ranked movie will say pause and then we will table that discussion until, we get to the highest Two. point of I'll the movie. Yes. So it, if a movie is my nine, but it is Josh's seven, he cannot say pause. But if it's a six, then you say pause or higher. So let's just jump into this. We're going to do it by giving our 10 through sevens, then six through fives, and then giving our top three individually. Josh, you want to kick us off here with your 10 through 7th favorite Star Wars movies? Yeah, that'll be really easy, too. Um, it's the original, or it's the prequel trilogy. Um, number 10. Plus another one. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> Leading off, we have the prequel trilogy. Okay. Uh, we have Attack of the Clones. We have Phantom Menace at number 9, and then Revenge of the Sith at number 8. Um, it has to be more than two? It has to be more than two. Okay. Um. So if your ten uh, is yeah. speak seven, about any of these or nine uh, is your six on one of them? Do I just well, say yeah? Which, you have to say which Revenge one. Of the Sith. Okay, fair enough. Um, I mean, Attack of the Clones is it reaches. Eh, for... no, actually, never mind. Forget what I said. All right, all right. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Attack of the Clone reaches for a lot. Uses CGI in full development, but there's just it's all surface level. There's nothing really to reach for inside of Attack of the Clones that makes me say. This is about something more. This is just about an army going to war mm-hmm. under false pretenses, uh, which is neat, I guess, um, in terms of period release. But other than that, nah, not for me. Um, Phantom Menace, uh, liked it a lot as a kid. I mean, this is pod racing is the thing you shout anytime you get in behind the wheel of a car mm-hmm. or, you know, you're making a lane change in traffic or passing someone on the freeway. That's fun. It's it's the most earnest Star Wars movie, and it set the stage for um, all of Industrial Light and Magic's visual effects going forward in every sense of the way. But anytime I see behind-the-scenes stuff and realize, oh, this was all just CG and looking at green screen, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know, it takes something away from it from me. 
but I still can enjoy Duel of Fates and the lightsaber battles. Um, and then in Revenge of the Sith, the one I like the most of these first three, um, it's set, it sets the Jedi agenda mm-hmm. for politics in a good way. I mean, or in, a, in a way that's interesting. How about that? Um, Sith don't deal in absolutes and things like that. That's some moral code that you can sink your teeth into and enjoy. It's the culmination of Anakin's journey um, where Hayden Christensen, who probably hadn't matured of an act, as an actor yet, put it all out there on the line and we mock him for it sometimes, <laughs> um, which is which is sad. Um Eh, Revenge but, of the Sith is where he was the best. Yes. Yeah, and it yeah. but it's his it's his best moments there, yeah. I think, at least in the his two film run. Yeah. Um and it got me originally when I come back to it, uh it's mixed, but still you can you can feel it there. Okay. Um, and Natalie Portman, of course. Um Much but then number but then number, well. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Everyone takes a step up. Yeah. Yeah, Phantom Madison. Yeah. Uh, but number seven, this is the one where I guess I'm going to lay it out, and I wouldn't be surprised if you guys have it here too. But I have Solo Star Wars Story at number seven. Okay. I think it's beautiful. Um, Bradford Young's cinematography makes it probably the best of all this franchise. Donald Glover's um, take on Lando is excellent. Alden Einreich is Han Solo. I could buy it. And it's good, um, but it's not Harrison Ford, and Harrison Ford's the hero, so I feel like he's trying to fill a hole that's not possible for me. Mm-hmm. But I do enjoy it. It's got a lot of fun, um, but repeat viewings doesn't hold up as much. Really? I, th- I thought you said that it got better on repeat viewings. On my third, it, it's just kind of like, oh, I've seen this all before. It really lacks the sweep. It really lacks a sweep you up and into the movie feel. Mm-hmm that some of these other ones do for me still. Okay. Um, so that's why it's a number seven. I still really like it. And I think it could be switched around with revenge of the Sith, maybe oh, okay. in terms of fun and entertainment. Um, but yeah, that's where solo is for me. Okay. Colton, you want to give us your 10 through seven? Okay. See yeah. how much it differs from Josh. <laughs> okay. Um, I like the prefaces. I like all of these movies. Okay. That's uh, totally so acceptable. My number 10 is solo. Oh, okay. Okay. Hear me out with this. I in no way think this is a bad movie. Mm -hmm. I think it's, I just enjoyed it less than the other ones Um, for a couple reasons. Um, uh, The biggest one being the, I'm sorry, the line (laughs) at the very beginning of the movie where he gets his name solo that, that, that put me in a bad mood the rest of the time on my first viewing. Bob Iger's favorite part. Yeah. For me, solo actually got better on repeat viewings. Okay. Um, But overall, I'm going to, this is kind of a strong word, but I want to say dull. Like it felt dull compared to the other ones to me. Mm -hmm. Like it didn't feel like, even though they were going on an adventure, it didn't feel like as much of an adventure as the other ones did. Hmm. And some of the action kind of fell, action pieces fell flat, like the whole Kessel run. I just, it just felt bland to me. I don't know why. That's, I mean, but okay, we'll get into positives here. (laughs) So. Uh, Lando, obviously, fantastic. Definitely. I thought Alden played a good Han Solo. Mm-hmm. Obviously not Harrison Ford, but, you know, he had a lot to live up to, and I think he did good with what he got. I loved Amelia Clark's character. Um, I, di- I did think uh, Woody Harrelson was good, but literally anyone could have played him Yeah, in a way. But uh, I feel like uh, 
spoilers obviously here yeah. but spoilers Darth for all the Maul, I he felt shoehorned into me. I was happy to see him show up, but <laughs> I just at the same time I was like eh. <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah. He's there. Yeah, he's that's that's cool, but like what does this bring to the story unless they I guess they were playing in another one, but yeah. I mean, there were just some things I would have changed, but overall it's only at 10 just because I enjoy these other ones a little bit more. Um my next or my number 9 is going to be Attack of the Clones. Um I know this isn't a good movie, but <laughs> nostalgic reasons are very strong and I'm a nostalgic person. Mm -hmm. So, um, I just remember getting the, the game on game boy, you know, game boy advance or whatever. Uh, Django Fett was one of my favorite characters. I mean, cause I love Boba Fett for whatever reason. I'm, I'm one of those like cliche Boba Fett lovers (laughs) that like, everyone's like, why do you like him? He's barely has any screen time. I don't know. I read the books and stuff and all that good stuff. And, you know, I'm a big fan of the Fets, so <laughs> big, big <laughs> I really like seeing them in this Fair movie. Enough. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I I can't stand Hayden Christensen's acting <laughs> in the movie, and uh, some of the dialogue is just laughable and cringeworthy. But other than that, I mean, you still get you still get some good moments. Some Better than Solo, moments. apparently. Yeah, I mean, I, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, I enjoyed some of these uh, these set pieces a lot more than I did the Solo ones. Mm-hmm. Well, not a lot more. Because I still, I would still still say the ending of Solo had a pretty good, like set piece there in that. Like I love the whole uh, fight with um, Paul Bettany oh, in yeah. that. So yeah, I would go with that. My number eight, yes, eight. Might get a pause here. I'm not sure. Rogue One is my number eight. Pause. Yeah. Okay. So then your number seven. So my number seven is going to be the Phantom Menace. Um, one of my favorite movies for a long time as a kid i remember seeing this for my birthday one year and uh i memorized this movie (laughs) like when it when it came out on vhs it was just yeah vhs it was that long ago you know but yeah just the darth maul one of the coolest villains that we get in star wars even though he you know just looks cool that's like Mm -hmm. why a lot of people like him he just the that whole like lightsaber duel is still at least top three it's in great. Star Wars, it's I great. believe. And Liam Neeson actually, like, you can tell he's, like, better than everyone else in the movie <laughs> yeah. with his acting. I don't know if it's, like, I mean, like, I, w- I blame Ewan McGregor's on his writing and his dialogue because he's a good actor, too. And his role. His role yeah, is Yeah, his role small. is, like, a little bit, like, kind of whiny in a way. Mm-hmm. But Liam Neeson kind of, it feels like he rises above what he's given in the script. And, uh, I mean, say what you will about Jar Jar. Uh, I just, Phantom Menace, I have too many great memories with and i still enjoy watching it to this day so i can't you know not put it at seven there Liam Neeson's disdain for how bad everyone else is around him in that movie colors the character of qui-gon jinn like, yeah that, in a way yeah that is that and is qui-gon's an underrated thing. character too no, he's, he's he's a very conflicted jedi that yeah. um yeah I'll i don't see. know might possibly have like i know they're not allowed to love he has hints of that mm-hmm. like where he like wants to reach out like that, but it's just he's got a good. He should have kept him yeah. around for two movies. Oh, would have been mm-hmm. would have been cool. Um, so my ten is Attack of the Clones as well. Mm-hmm. Um, just not much to like about the movie, honestly. Um, I mean, 
I, I love Yoda's fight scene. Watch that green little dude flip around all day. Oh, yeah, it's my favorite uh, line of yours on the show. <laughs> yeah, got to got to go back. back uh, to go the, back a couple years to yeah, listen to his to the uh, yeah. pre Friends and Film days mm-hmm. of our inaugural episode of Jedi Archives, yeah, the, right. the one and only. Um, <laughs> talked about that, um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, I this is the movie. I feel like I the first Star Wars movie I remember I've seen in theaters. Um, for a reason, I just have memories of that. Even though I know I saw Phantom Menace in theaters. This is because I had like nightmares from Darth Maul. I uh, just you know, I remember watching Attack the Clones in the theaters for whatever reason. Um, but I mean, yeah, I mean, it's got some okay set pieces, but there's also just like, what are we doing with the story? Uh, Anakin's not super interesting; he's just a whiner. And then Obi Wan's cool, but like, I just wanted more from him. And so, it's number ten. It's whatever. Uh, my number nine is Phantom Menace. Echoing a lot of what you guys already said, it, 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 it's okay. It's fine. Um, I don't hate the movie. I mean, yeah, Jake Lloyd's not the greatest child actor I've ever seen in my life, and some of the CG isn't the greatest. But it's also a movie that was made uh, almost twenty years ago, right? So wow, yeah. Um, it, it, it may not hold up that well because, it, but it was great for the time, and it broke mm-hmm. a lot of ground in in uh, visual effects and sound mixing, like all that stuff. So. I did what Star Wars always did, and, you know, it did give us Darth Maul. It gave us Qui-Gon. It, it introduced us to Hugh McGregor's Obi-Wan, which I don't love that he's, like, relegated to sticking in, in the plane instead of going with Qui-Gon to go find Anakin because he could actually have done something then instead of just, like, sit around and not do anything. But <laughs> Anakin had to meet his angel, though. That's true. He had to meet his angel. Oh, he, had to, he had to go do whatever else he was doing in that movie. Um, number eight is uh, Solo Star Wars Story for me. I think your dull description of it, Colin, I don't know if it's necessarily dull for me, but I think it's easily forgettable. It's just a movie I don't really have any interest in, in rewatching again, but I, I probably will. I mean, I've only seen it one time, so maybe a second viewing would bump it up a spot. Maybe it would knock it down a spot. I don't know. I mean, there's good parts to it. There's bad parts to it. I like I like Donald Glover. I like Alden Ehrenreich. I liked um, Kira as a character, but then it's just like, it, it's slow it's boring like the action isn't spectacular um the story is anything to go run home and tell everybody about either so and yeah i mean it has those like cringe worthy moments like how what, what's your last name i don't have one all right you're solo uh it just like, it filled in all the gaps that i didn't need filled in for han solo to begin with so it's just going back to the premise of the movie overall instead of actually i guess maybe what the movie actually is trying to go for but Whatever. It's my number eight. And then number seven is Revenge of the Sith because I don't know if I would necessarily say this is a better made movie than Solo, but this is, it is, I prefer it to Solo because it does have at least the epic lightsaber battle at the end, as ridiculous as it may be with them just standing there and twin the lightsabers over and over and over again. It's still, it's still campy and fun, and I, I can enjoy it for that aspect, if nothing else. So, um, and I feel like it gave us decent, kind of an epic feeling to the conclusion of that first trilogy or the, the prequel trilogy. So, it's my number seven, Josh. All six right. through four. Okay, six through four. Got it. This you gave be... a you gave a pause on Rogue One earlier. I wonder if it will fall in here. Ah, uh, that would be interesting if it did, <laughs> um, because. Number six, though, is Return of the Jedi. Okay. Something that I've, as I've, it's something, it's a movie that I've kind of moved down my list of, as I've examined Star Wars as a whole. Mm-hmm. It used to be like my second favorite or first favorite, depending on the day, okay. which one I just watched. <laughs> um, but I've got it here because it ties things up in a really nice, great way. And it's fun. Um, Lando in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon 
is something to die for. Red leader, blue leader, Wedge and Tilly is leading the battle. All of that space thing is so great. As a kid, it was like the most ambitious thing ever, too, is we're cutting back and forth uh, inside the Death Star, outside the Death Star, down on Yavin, or Endor. Mm -hmm. And that was like, there's so much going on, my brain can't follow it, I'm going to explode. What's going to happen here? You know, like, introduce me to suspense Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways. Um, And it completes Luke Skywalker's arc, um, but it's the triumph of good over evil. And it's the rejection of, you know, taking the easy way out type of a thing. And I love all that. Um, Han and Leia are great, but they're more together than there is rom-com. And, you know, the tension that makes the first two movies so good between Mm -hmm. them. Um, Ewoks, I like them. They're fun. Um, And I think I said before I was annoyed by them. I'm not. I, I love one. If Take one and watch it again, and I them and, I love those things. Them yeah. and Porgs are awesome, so uh, I'm here for that. Um, and then number four and five, I'm not going to number these. It's, it's a list. Exactly. Because they what are can, they? Are they four A? Yeah, it's they're like tied 4A. for four. They're tied. They really, really are. Okay. Depending on the day, they could go back and forth. Okay. Well, but what about num- today? At number five, it's Star Wars. A new hope. A new hope. Yeah, a new hope for the uninitiated. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's earnest. It's you know, um, it's eye-opening. It's it walks you into this galaxy. It's fun. Um, the offbeat, sarcastic comedy of some of it is so great. Like um, all fine here, boring conversation anyway. Too short to be a stormtrooper. All that stuff is excellent. We see all this for the first time. Everything's wrapped up in mythos and mythology it's like um arthur and the sword and stone Mm -hmm. and all of these other elements kind of fuse together and it's great um but when you compare to what else is out there which in my number four is rogue one okay um it's it's hard to you get that similar story in a more adult setting mm-hmm. in a lot of ways except rogue one begins with skepticism and cynicism and a little bit more of a why should i care attitude <laughs> as opposed to luke's i just want to go help and i think rogue one right now today is higher on my list because it feels a little bit more prescient because it's hard to stay optimistic about a lot of things and i mean we've got um Jin or so and Gail, what's his Cassian name? Andor? Yes, thank you, Cassian Andor, <laughs> played by... I was like, um, going with the, the father, Galen? <laughs> right, yeah, I was going to say, yeah. But, um, no, yeah, Mads Mikkelsen is terrific. But it's like Star Wars, it fused with that, it's very first element, mm-hmm. you know, to it. And we get Space Battles, Land Battles, Scarif, that 45-minute, just epic battle sequence, capstoning the movie. Beautiful. Uh, excellent in every way. Blue leader um, and his mustache, K2SO. I mean, like, I could go down the list. Rizam, it's just it's the best one movie ensemble they've ever put together. I mean, I think, other than it's the best that's, ensemble outside That's a of, big statement. It's, the, it's ensemble is better in that one movie and in their interplay than the prequel trilogy. That's what I'll say. Okay. And then who can forget Darth Vader's cameo? I'm not so high on the Leia 
recreation. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the, my, that's my one big dig at it. Okay. But that's Rogue One. Interesting. So I mean, we don't know the order necessarily, but four of your or three of your top four favorite Star Wars movies are from the Disney era, which I think is very interesting. Yeah. So, uh, Colton, you're six through four. Okay. Do I just not talk about Rogue One then? No, you know you can talk about it now because it's, oh, it's, it's no gonna... longer on pause. Okay, well, I mean, it was my number eight. Yeah, so um, just give me a talk about why it's... It just doesn't, on repeat viewings, it doesn't hold up as well. Like, I, ju- I just feel like just skipping to the end, you know, and seeing mm. the last, like, yeah, battle scene. Everything leading up to it is just kind of... I'm not going to use the word dull, dull this time. <laughs> um, I, I'll hold on to that with for Solo, but more like bland in a way really yeah i just felt i don't know k2so is like the saving grace Mm -hmm. to to that movie for me like up to the end and then uh i also liked uh uh cheer it yeah yeah i I thought he was a cool character but then then again i feel like they underuse him Mm -hmm. a lot uh but in in a way like darth vader just like ending scene is fantastic but like uh Leia's CGI actually didn't really bother me that much. What about what about Tarkin? Was, yeah, that was the big one. Tarkin was the one that really. Tarkin's good. Okay. He just looked. But I saw it in just... IMAX. I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but he just looks fake. <laughs> I yeah, don't know. I mean, Rogue One's my six. Um, so I, I right in the middle, of both you guys. Where? Yeah. Um, I think I think it's a really good movie. Um, but not. I mean, obviously not my top five favorite Star Wars movies or anything. And I think it it boils down to I like the characters. It's kind of similar to Solo, where I like the characters a lot, but the story is not not bland or dull, but maybe um, a That's... little more plotting. I think maybe yeah. where I feel like I feel like it takes a while to get things going mm-hmm. in Rogue One, where uh, some of the other movies it it maybe doesn't, and I think just maybe it's because of the. It, it, it is so self-contained where it's like, well, I'm not seeing these characters anymore. Where mm-hmm. So it's it's hard to compare. All right, well, I have I know this about these characters from just these one movies where then other movies we get three movies to understand Anakin. We get to – we get, you know, four or five movies to understand Luke. We get, like, you know, more time with these other characters. Maybe that's why these other ones stand out more. But, um, you know, the, yeah, the Scarif stuff on Rogue One's great. I mean, there's a lot of great stuff to it, but I think just overall – um, and it, again, this is, it's not a dig on the movie because Star Wars has some of, some very great movies. So mm-hmm. having it at six mm-hmm. or eight, um, or four, it's not, it's yeah. not a dig of the movie in any way. It's just, you know, this is how it stacks up to other movies. And, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, I think it's, it's fine, but it's again, one of those ones where it's like, I'm more, hmm, should I, I rewatch this because I need to, or because I need to, I want to see if I maybe like it the same as I did before where instead of it's like, oh, I'm going to throw on this movie because I know I like it for X, Y, and Z or rogue one. I feel like I could like it more one day or then like it less the next. So hmm. rogue one for me, like I, I kind of, uh, one thing I didn't really mention that you kind of said you liked the characters. That's my biggest flaw with the movie. I feel like other than like K2SO. Right. Well, uh, they're, they're not like super developed. Yeah. That's what that's It's not, I mean, it is just one movie, but at the same time, like, you don't feel like that much of an emotional attachment. They kind of like briefly say like, I guess for uh, what's his name? Cassian. Mm-hmm. Like he's like, I've been in the fight for since I was like six or whatever. So they could have 
dove into it more than that. Yeah. yeah. Giving him more backstory. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I just, I don't want to keep like digging on the right, movie, right, but I'm yeah. just trying to tell you why it's like at my number eight spot. Um, Can I just say yeah, real yeah, quick, yeah. it's not so much about the characters themselves. It's about what they do or have mm-hmm. done mm-hmm. in the movie that I think is truly fine. matters to the theme. But we could have gotten more battles the in the movie. They could have just made it an all out movie about that. Whereas the first half of the movie, I feel like they weren't really going for the plans. It was more just like they needed to get you to the place where the plans are. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Cause like the whole subplot with like Forrest Whitaker, just kind of could have been, I don't know. I didn't like his character very much. All right. So you're, so you're six through four then. Okay. Uh, revenge of the Sith is my number six. Um, Still remember seeing this, like, opening weekend, just getting all the feels, you know, finally seeing Anakin turn. Uh, I think it still holds up on rewatch, honestly. Um, if you have any, like, emotional investment in Star Wars, I think some scenes will definitely get you. Like the like the whole confrontation between Obi-Wan and Anakin on Mustafar, mm-hmm. after, right after he chokes Padme. Yeah. That's, that's a very well-done scene, I think. That whole fight, a little overdone, like you said, but at the same time, it's... I would consider it probably top five duels. Um, and at the same time, you get Yoda and Palpatine fighting each other, which is really cool. Um, I won't really talk about it too much else because you guys already uh, mm-hmm. kind of both addressed it. But um, I actually have Return of the Jedi at number five. So, I mean, I don't really have much bad to say about the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, I mean, I might get into this a little more with like, no, I'm not even going to get into it. It was, about, it was a Last Jedi thing. I'm oh, not going to okay, get okay. into it. So, it, you know, Sidious and Snoke or whatever. Uh-huh. But, um, or Palpatine, whichever you prefer. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so uh, Return of the Jedi. Um, yeah, I don't really have many flaws with this movie. I just really loved watching it mm-hmm. as a kid, and the feeling hasn't really changed. Um, I mean, it's pretty much stayed the same, so that's yeah. what I'm just saying. Like, uh, Yeah, the, the fight between Vader and Luke... Uh, although I don't think it's as good as uh, another movie I'm going to be talking about, <laughs> like between them two. Yeah. But um, it's still like it holds that like emotional weight. Mm-hmm. And um, it's the fate of the galaxy. Yeah. Is in the it, balance. It, yeah. It holds that balance. Yeah. Like you said to it. So um, it just feels important. Um, I really love the whole opening with job. Not necessarily. The, OK, there's my one complaint. The uh, <laughs> it's more so a special edition thing, like where they include all the. Uh, the singing parts oh. in the special edition <laughs> oh, okay. could have done without that. Yeah. That's but terrible. other than that, I, do, I really love the whole breaking into Jabba's palace to get Han, mm-hmm. you know, save Han. I love that whole segment. Even though Boba Fett goes out in a <laughs> stupid way. I just, that's another flaw, I guess, even in the, like Boba Fett. And then he just hits him. <laughs> Didn't really care for that, but hopefully he's still alive and maybe, ready to come maybe. Back. I mean, I'll echo some of that because it's, it's my number five as well. Mm-hmm. So there's no point in kind of delaying this conversation. Um, yeah, I think it's 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 again kind of movie where I, I don't have that many problems with it. It's just it's it's just it's a good time. It's fun, um, but it's not. It doesn't hit those like blow you away. Yeah, it doesn't moments. blow me away or hit those like high points that some of the other movies have. Where it's like, yeah, there's the there's a good lightsaber at the end. There's some good stuff on Endor. The um, scene yeah, like there, there's all there's all there's good stuff in. There's good characters, um, but. You know, it's just kind of like smooth sailing most of the time instead of like a lot of like um, 
twists or turns or surprises um, where I feel like some of the other movies can and their plots can give me a little bit more um, intrigue. Whereas Return of the Jedi, you, you know, you know what we're doing in this movie and it's going to end good and you're going to be happy by the end of it. And, you know, at the end of the day, you just leave like, yeah, cool. OK, this trilogy, thumbs up all the way around. And yeah. that that's it. At least you, you end the film on a high note. Yeah. In a lot of ways. And that's kind of why I have it positioned where it was. It doesn't do the same things for me as right. Star Wars or Rogue One do, but at the same time you get. Right, you had it at six? Yep. Okay. So we're all pretty even yeah. on that one. And so then your four, Colin? Uh, my four is The New Hope. Um, so, yeah, it's a lot like Return of the Jedi. Just It's a good time. Um, I mean, it was groundbreaking for its time. I wasn't alive to see that, but, mm-hmm. I mean, I still remember seeing this for the first time and just being scared of the Jawas and stuff. But, <laughs> I mean, just like... The story, pretty pretty basic, if I dare say, uh, but uh, Darth Vader establishes as one of the you know greatest cinematic villains in history. Um, mm-hmm. With yeah. limited screen time. Yeah, with limited screen time. His presence is felt. Um, it just basically, it does a really good job of introducing you to this world mm-hmm. in this galaxy, I should say. So, yeah, I mean, I got nothing bad to say about A New Hope. It's just a great time, and I can still rewatch it plenty of times to this day and not be bored with it, so... Okay. Um, so, I mean, I've already gave my thoughts on my six, Rogue One, and same with Return of the Jedi, number five. So then my number four, and I want to tweak the pun a little bit, not the pun, the pause midway through, if it is two spots or greater. So if there's at least a movie in between, mm-hmm. then say pause. Just going to preface this just in case it gets a this pause. This is your four. This is my four, The Last Jedi. Yeah, pause. Yeah, pause. Okay. So I'll I'll just move into my three then. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, kick things off in our top three is A New Hope, Star Wars, the original. Um, echoing a lot of the stuff Colton just said, but I kind of like the simple story in this one. Even no, though, yeah, it's fine. even though I may knock some of the other ones for it, it's it's what this movie needed to do because it's the intro to the world. We have to get to know these characters, and if you don't set up the world, the rules, mm-hmm. the language, then the mythology then nothing else works about star wars ever moving forward so this movie has that difficult balance of we have to set up everything but then also give you the character work and while i, I may not love whiny luke at the start because it's not the luke who what's that who obviously, yeah or i was going to talk to station to get my power converters like come on uh you can be running that luke skywalker but it's that evolution of the character. It's getting mm-hmm. to be with him, mm-hmm. R2, and C-3PO for the first, like, 40 minutes. And then we get introduced to Han Solo later on. And then there's we also get the Leia stuff. And, yeah, we get Darth Vader, and he's he is cool. He is fine. But I don't feel like he is. Like, <laughs> he's fine. <laughs> not, he is fine. <laughs> not, not like that. I mean, I feel like he's just a fine villain. I don't feel like after watching New Hope, it's like... This is the greatest cinematic. This is the greatest villain I've ever seen in the movies. He is. He chokes two dudes pretty early on, though. Yeah, and like he's That's yeah, and like he's cool, and like yeah, he has those powers. Like oh, the Force, yeah. lightsabers, cool. <laughs> I like all this stuff. Okay. But it's like, who is he? What are his motives? Why is he doing any of this? Why is he listening to Tarkin when he could easily just choke him out too? Like, there's a lot of stuff you don't learn about Vader until the until Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. So it's like more of like the the setup to him becoming the villain everybody loves instead of him like already being there in my yeah. opinion um so that is why a new yeah. hope is three for i would me. like to say two get uh, that oh, go ahead. i just wanted to say two things real quick if 
Star Wars was released today, mm-hmm. like this one movie right here, we'd say two things about it. One, I agree with you. We would say it knows what it is. It's focused on its own story. It's a little big near the end, mm-hmm. but that's the action movie. It would be like Blade Runner 2049 for a lot of people. It'd be like it's an art house masterpiece <laughs> sci-fi movie. Okay. But there then also really huge set pieces in this one. No. It's just it's more for like like the the X-wing fights, you know, mm-hmm. are That's like it. what yeah, mind-blowing like to people. Yeah. But then also, we would say, wow, the villain, we don't know much about him. We don't know anything about him. He's just there to be evil. Who is this James Earl Jones? What's his voice doing? <laughs> Cuz it's like the very same thing we love the Joker for in the in the Dark Knight. There's not a whole lot to him. I, I don't know. He's clouded in mystery. His powers are just there. We don't know what the force really is, but yeah. Obi-Wan seems to know. So Ooh, I don't actually know. big okay. force. <laughs> uh, reverse it. It is a, in this hypothetical in this hypothetical universe is yeah. A New Hope still the first stars movie like and it just coming out in 2018. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Because even even then I still feel like if like they would have hyped up Vader's look or something, people would be like, "Oh, cool." And then he would just be like the new Phasma. Where it's like, ah, he looks cool. He does a couple cool things, but like, we don't know anything about yeah, him. That's a good point because he does get spun off at the end there. <laughs> yeah, and then like you know, say it's re- it's chronological release, and we get the prequels, and then a new hope. People be like, that's all Vader gets to do. <laughs> we pick we with this guy for three movies, and then he's in the movie for ten minutes. That's a good point. Uh, so I think it'd be very interesting to see, like, hmm. in retrospect, how A New Hope would have been viewed in the typical or in the current uh, Star Wars fandom. Also, another thing, like, what if Phantom Menace came out in the seventies? Oh, I, I mean, I it think, would be. I think it would be hailed as a classic, honestly, just with the ingenuity they do. I I don't disagree with you. I yeah. think you, I think it would have a much better reputation if it was uh-huh. the first Star Wars movie. If it was the first Star Wars movie, there may not be Star no, Wars. Just think about franchise. it though. When it came out, that was like a whole new ground for a new hope. And if it like, came out in the seventies, a lot of the VFX stuff were like people were like, ah, jar jar, like uh like the VFX stuff doesn't work that well. They have to do all that stuff practically, which I think would help in the long run. Mm-hmm. Uh it's it's interesting. Star Wars could be so different. And plus, that would be just a whole changed. new weird world for people. Yeah, It'd just be like there wouldn't be those built up expectations of mm-hmm. this this whiny kid is supposed to become Darth Vader. No, no, I don't I don't buy it for a second. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I take, we we I won't wanna... see because it's impossible to ever live in that world. True. But... I want to take my thought experiment back. It's okay, a, it's a bad thought experiment because, like you said, you have to change scripts and like oh, yeah. practical and okay, that's scenario you're right. But it's interesting to talk about. It is. I so, like thinking about it. So, uh, number three for you, Josh? Yes. I have The Force Awakens here. J.J. Abrams' first entry. Pause. Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, oh, well, that's interesting. Pause. All right. Um, so, then I get to go number two. So, then we go to Colton's number three. Got Force it. Awakens. Pause as well. Yeah. So, I guess it's back to me. <laughs> uh, for number two, Empire Strikes Back. If it's your ones i will allow a pause so we can table it pause okay so then your guys's number two is the last, last jedi, jedi. Yeah. Okay. yeah um so in a lot of ways um the last jedi is the most different star wars movie while still being exactly what star wars is about but also challenging challenging the beliefs of everyone who's ever watched a star wars movie and identified with its themes it's a kick in the butt that says grow up get moving but also it says hey guess what 
even if you're small, like Luke Skywalker was on Tatooine, you can still make a difference. Yeah, you can be boom kid. In a lot of way. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I mean, but all that aside, Ryan Johnson has become one of my favorite people. Um, his movies, maybe it's because I'm looking at him through rose-colored glasses right now, but his movies get better mm-hmm. for me on rewatches. But um, the way this movie runs, it feels, um, is incredible. The story itself that it contains is amazing. Um, I didn't look up the cinematographer's name, but Don't it's know shot beautifully um, the entire way through. It's it's a really different visual language than we've ever had in a Star Wars movie before. Mm-hmm. It's his longtime partner. They've done every movie together. Oh, I'll, I'll get it for you in a second. Um, I know you're looking up for us, but I said it. But, uh, <laughs> And then, I mean, it features some of the coolest Star Wars stuff we've mm-hmm. ever gotten. Mm-hmm. Some standout moments, some for sure. Some standout moments. We're never going to see anything as glorious. As Steve as Yedlin cinematography? Steve Yedlin, thank you. Um, but not that, though. Um, <laughs> as Holdo's hyperdrive, um, jump to hyperspace, uh-huh. her jump. That was amazing. We're not going to get anything as heartwarming or as emotional as... Mark and Carrie's last on-camera moments together. That still, to this day, is... Uh, Unless JJ amazing. can fudge it somehow. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think so. It's it's um, it's incredible. Um, and then ev- just literally everything that Adam Driver does in this movie, you feel the full impact, the full mm-hmm. weight. He's, he's as bratty as Luke Skywalker in episode four. But it's the anger, it's the petulance, it's the entitlement the re- yes. that he wants out of all this. He thinks it should, should be done, it should be mm-hmm. over with. And then can't say enough about the throne room scene. Oh, yeah. And Ugh. then this is my handoff. Here's the baton. <laughs> okay. Go for it. So You're giving him the lightsaber. We're Hopefully talking about toss our, it over. Yeah, yes. number two, The Last Jedi. Yes. So, man, I feel like I've, said, I've talked a lot about this movie on this podcast when I've been <laughs> on. But, you know, I'll talk about it some more. Talk about it some more. So, uh, yeah, like you said, the throne room scene with Snoke. One of the one of my favorite scenes in cinematic history. I still hold to that. It's just the first the feeling I got the first time seeing it was just mm-hmm. blown away. Mm-hmm. The you know the hyperspace jump from Holdo that follows it, it was just mm. so good, yeah. magnificent. Well, I guess it would it would have been that happened before. Yes, At yeah, the same moment. It's a, yeah, that yeah. But yeah, that the the following fight with the Praetorian guards is just perf- like action perfection, like just like the way it's filmed. Yeah. You know? Um yeah, the Luke standoff at the end. I loved everything they did with his character, contrary to popular belief. I said I wouldn't get into that, <laughs> dang it. <laughs> anyway. I, uh, but yeah, he uh just his final moments with Leia and then walking out to face the first order. You know, even though he wasn't mm-hmm. really there, he's still just such a magnificent moment to watch mm-hmm. him do that. Yeah. It was just like, I remember just sitting there being like, wow, this is everything and more than I could have hoped for. Yep. And then, uh, yeah, just Kylo Ren as a villain. He's just so good. Uh, yes. More developed than... Than Vader? Dare I say? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. More developed I think, than Vader. I think he's the most developed villain we've gotten in Star Wars. And I people agree. hate him for that, I guess. I don't know. People hate him, I think, because of that entitlement. With like, no, he's he's too whiny. He's he's too whatever. I don't know. He's great in my eyes. Yeah. Um. 
like we've gotten it, a lot of people don't like Canto Bite. We just talked about it before we started recording. It's it's fine. Um, it could be shortened, but right, which is where I'll jump in and be like, that's yeah. Canto Bite is the big detractor for me. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not even major. It's like I. I like it enough where it's like, oh, uh, it's not like they wanted uh, to introduce something yeah, new it's to not, the uh, franchise gosh. or to like, you know, the universe. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't hate watching it, but it's just like, it, it could have been five minutes shorter. It could have mm-hmm. been a little different. Um, to no to George Lucas, yeah, in a lot of ways, which which is to, which is fine. To oh, to speaking of that, Yoda, trilogy. Yoda showing oh, up, what oh, a great yeah. scene, Goodness. what a fantastic scene. How were we going to forget the this? callbacks in Last Jedi too? Just like. The moment where he's in the Falcon, just walking mm-hmm. through oh. it again, finally. Yes. And then R2 there. And then R2 plays the message from Leia, the original oh. one that started the entire so good. You know, universe. So The Yoda moment in this movie is Star Wars' best. Outside of, okay, it is a tie. Is it, I need to think about this a little bit more. <laughs> but it is a tie for Star Wars' best on-screen moment. Mark Hamill in a Muppet, <laughs> which is which is amazing. But So I'll probably pick Carrie Fisher over it. But it is it what, is right what, up there. What's the other moment? Um, Carrie Fisher and Mark. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Uh, maybe Han Solo on the on the um, balcony with Ren. Whew. That's also a good one too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so many. So I love many what things. they did with Poe in this movie too. Yes, they really developed his character a lot. And um, I had another thought that well, I wanted that's to get like, into, but I can't. And remember that's what the it's flip now. of where Poe gets more time in this mm-hmm. movie. I feel like Finn takes more of a backseat where they're kind of at a loss with Pitt with, with him of not knowing exactly what to do. And that's because yeah. his character is also kind of in that mindset of, okay, well, do I just join He's the resistance yeah. or, do, you know, my primary concern is going trying to find Ray, but then he gets involved in these other things. And like, he's kind of on his own mission, which doesn't really, I feel like propel the character enough where I, I, w- I wish Finn could have, just been with Poe the whole time and like them two are trying to do this together and trying to find Ray and trying to, you know, take over the resistance cruiser and trying to figure out the best way to combat the first order. I feel like that would have been more interesting and allow Poe or allow Finn to be better integrated into the resistance, figure out, Oh, this is, this is why this is important. This is why I should be in here instead of, and I get why Ryan Johnson went the direction of Canto bite to open up, Finn's eyes and see and show this is like the disparity of this is happening across the galaxy where there are these rich people partying and getting drunk and then there's there's enslaved children who have to work for them and go after those animal beast things. The reason for the fight. Um, and, oh, the farriers. Yeah, the farriers. And Sorry. it's like, yes, like I get all that, but I, I don't know. I just feel like it, it, it doesn't work as well for me. Um, and maybe I'm being a little, a little too heavy handed. Uh, maybe I'm being a little too critical on that section movie alone, but I loved Finn in the first movie, so I wanted to see him do a lot more than just go to Canto Bight mm-hmm. and fail. I mean, and failure is the message of The Last Jedi in total, so it's not just that he failed that I don't like Finn's arc. It's um, maybe that is just, you know, it just, it wasn't, I don't want to say it wasn't what I envisioned because then it's like, oh, well, it didn't do what I wanted. And that's yeah. one of the things I love about The Last Jedi is that it doesn't do what I thought it was going to do. In a movie, it's a it's a totally different section of the film, and I'll, yeah. I can see that part, but I think it's different because of what it needs to to do. But mm-hmm. that's a different case. Entirely. I don't know. I think it. I think it's got a strong message too. That it, this is another thing that a lot of people don't like. Just the whole like Ray not being well as of yet. I mean, I still <laughs> I still hold that they're going to stick with uh, yeah. this. I don't think, but change uh, it. yeah, Ray not being like anyone special. Yes, and yes. just being able to 
you know, be still be force sensitive mm-hmm. or whatever. Her just, just being herself, like that's great. Yeah, it's a it's a good message, and um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, and having Last Jedi number four is no again no like. Well, I mean, it's Star Wars. Oh, I so hate this movie. Um, it it has some of my favorite Star Wars moments, but you know, I think some I think you know, A New Hope or Empire just stack up a little bit better in terms of being like consistent across the board than last Jedi may be for me. So, um, so we have our number ones left. Mm-hmm. You guys both have empire strikes back at number one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I have force awakens at one and it was we your guys' number three. three. So let's yeah. talk about force awakens. Sure. Okay. Uh, the reason why it's my favorite star Wars movie, um, is because I, for me, it was the movie that got me back into it. And, you know, I watched the movies as a kid. I saw the, the prequels in theaters Liked them, you know. I got that. I got the Lego sets, the action figures, had the double bladed lightsaber, everything. I know I played Star Wars as a kid. I liked the, but then the movies ended, and I didn't really care about Star Wars anymore, you know. But now, then Force Awakens comes out, and I'm like, okay, you know, I'll go see it. You know, me and Josh did Jedi archives because I had to do it for a final for college, and we talked about Star Wars because I was excited for the movie, but I wasn't like, I didn't think I was like super excited. And then opening night comes around. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, my legs are shaking because I'm just like, oh my gosh, a new Star Wars movie is coming out in like mm-hmm. five seconds. And then the movie happens, and I'm just like, man, I, I love Ray, I love Poe, I love Finn, I love Kylo Ren, like as the villain because he is so complicated. Where it's not night, it's not just so easily one sided. It's like, yeah, he's a bad guy. Yeah, he is, but he's also struggling with how to be the bad guy, which I think is so fascinating. And JJ, I think, did such a great job. With Force Awakens, which is a huge reason why when he's announced to do Episode Nine, I was like, this is a great choice because he can end this trilogy on that same kind of epic style, um, good-natured fun, which I think is how Return of the Jedi ends. And maybe that's why Return of the Jedi is lower, but I don't think that all of the uh, areas Return of the Jedi had to address in terms of wrapping up the trilogy, J.J. does not have to go through those same steps where... People criticize Force Awakens because it's it's just a new hope, but it's updated for 2015, and his episode nine won't be that, and that's a different discussion. But Force Awakens, I think, just got me back into Star Wars, and it, I love everything about the the movie, even uh, the Wrath Tar sequence. Uh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> it, it is what? it is it is good old fashioned fun. It Harrison Ford running around. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It is great stuff, and then the epic lightsaber about the end, Ray. So good. And Kylo, it is uh, in the snow. It is so fantastic, and yeah. yeah, I mean the throne room fight in Last Jedi may be better, but there's think, there's something every time that lightsaber comes into Rey's yeah. hand, and then she when she stands over a defeated Kylo, like moments. what up? Yeah, it is chills every time. When she catches time. the lightsaber, that's one of my favorite moments ever in Star Wars. Yeah, it's the it's the passing of the torch mm-hmm. in that moment, but also if I can redirect us all the way back to the beginning again, it's also. Welcome home. Yes. Like Cooper was saying yeah. before, when he gets on board the Falcon, like there's these, these little vignettes where they're speaking directly to the audience that yeah. the force awaken does so well. It says, remember us here. We are. Mm-hmm. Here's everything that you love. Yeah. Here's this hunk of junk. Right. This, oh this, man. And then, yeah, turn, that, get just the Falcon the, yeah. theme and... If you didn't feel something, if you weren't smiling, yeah, ear you just to have ear... a, like I always say, I had a stupid grin the entire time I was watching that movie. <laughs> oh, what was that? Josh just dropped something. <laughs> he was he got excited. <laughs> got a got an alert. I don't know what it was. Um, but uh, either way, I think too. Uh, talking about this, the fight at the end, 
I would honestly say that seven is probably the best looking Star Wars movie to me. Yeah, I think I agree with you. In large part because of the last, you know, on Starkiller Mm -hmm. base, just that last moment. I don't yeah, know. I mean, there's even I love the shot where Star where Starkiller Base has to destroy a Hosnian Prime system, and then it's the red glows across. Last Jedi is very cool as well, just with the whole uh, crate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am so sorry. <laughs> it's um, totally fine. But all of what you guys said is correct. I mean, no, not. I mean, the the the, the colors in the Last Jedi are so much better. Uh, hey, Stop teach it. teach their own. <laughs> teach their own. I mean, no, Maybe. I mean, I'm just saying Last Jedi is one of the best looking ones, too. Yeah. I'm just saying, I think two of the top. what puts it over for me is just the snow fight sequence. And okay. I, I love how that looks, that whole scene. Fair enough. And I'll just that whole scene you. in particular. I'll give it yeah. to you. Okay, so let's move on then to your guys' number one, Empire Strikes Back. Which is your number, which is my number two. Number two. Um, <laughs> go for it. What to say about it? It's a classic. It's one of the, it's like the best mm-hmm. sci-fi sequel of all time. Or one of the best sequels of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in the discussion for sure. You get the greatest reveal in cinematic history with Darth Vader. You get him developed like you, we already discussed with the New yeah. Hope, like how he gets his character gets developed. Um, yeah, I'll let you go into it because you look like you're pretty. <laughs> no, I was waiting for you to go, and then I was just going to kind of add on top of whatever you had there. So, okay, yeah, 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 I mean, just <laughs> the movie as a whole is just iconic. You get... Yeah. I mean, you can get the little side characters like Boba Fett. <laughs> that has like a minute of screen time in this movie, but mm-hmm. he's just... Then he's cold favorite He's character. iconic, you know? He is. Yeah. Next thing you know, he's showing up on the back of people's phones. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, I just um, missed that. Yeah, it's so... It's phone case there. Um, like the Hoth sequence at the beginning. Yeah. It's just... It sets the tone for the whole movie. Just so well done, so tense. Uh, you feel like they're in real danger, and you actually see, you know, the Rebels lose. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, uh oh, where's this movie going? And then you get the you get to meet Yoda, you get to meet all these new cool characters, Dagobah, new planets, all this other stuff. It's just, yeah, I'll I'll stop talking now. No, I go into keep it. going. I mean, <laughs> if I start, I won't stop. But it's again, it follows that pattern that was set in Star or in A New Hope, um, where there's these inklings of a bigger world out mm-hmm. there, but you're focused on this group right here. The Carrie Fisher Harrison Ford dynamic in this movie is so yes. good, mm-hmm. the best. You, it's it ever is, been. yeah. Uh, um, Irvin Kushner just knew exactly what to do with these two people. Um, George, for some reason, I mean, the mo- like, what happened to George's writing? In a lot of ways, <laughs> I just don't. I mean, I don't know. I, I know he didn't f- write the completed screenplay. It went through two other people's hands. One of them, oh, what was her name? She also got her hand on this one, perhaps. There's all these other ideas fused in here, mm-hmm. but it just comes out beautifully. Um, and the the biggest part for me is the ragtag Falcon fun. If you just stitch together all of those moments of Han and Chewie with the Falcon in that hunk of junk, mm-hmm. um, you I think that's why Solo, like those parts of Solo are so good, and mm-hmm. I wish there were more of them. But just nothing is going right. Like you said, Mm -hmm. it sets the tone for the whole movie. Everything's going wrong. But this time we have the funniest, most charismatic character in Star Wars having that happen to him Mm -hmm. when he's set the the stage for himself to be this swashbuckling rogue who just knows what to do all the time. And this time he's just winging it Mm -hmm. the entire time Uh, from everything that's wrong with the Falcon. And 
I, I laugh at it every time. It's perfect in every way. The introduction of Yoda. Um, everything on Dagobah is so good. It's so mysterious. It's so like, I don't quite get what the Force is. Like Luke's like searching for this grand revelation. And Yoda's just saying, no, nah, it's about, it's like maximum effort type of a deal. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's trying to do it. Or, you know, it's it's just doing the thing. It's not worrying about all these extraneous factors and things like that. And then, you know, ultimately Luke fails and then he has to hear the hardest thing that could he could possibly know that you know, your dad's not dead. He just sliced off your arm mm-hmm. type of a thing, too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, I mean, yeah. And then you could just you could go on from there. John Williams score, too. Oh, Best so score, good. I think. That's mm-hmm. I think it's my favorite John Williams score. Yeah. Um. I I really think uh, I love his Last Jedi score too. Yeah, um, like I love Ray's theme, but like Ray's, overall, Ray's theme yeah. is so good. Um, just to jump in here, I think uh, one thing that I always appreciate about Empire Strikes Back is growing up as a '90s kid. Uh, I don't ever remember a time where I didn't know Darth Vader was Luke Skywalker's father. So the iconic nature of this movie, whether it's the ATAT falling on Hoth, which is like I think an iconic shot, mm-hmm. um, the Luke, you know, the the I am your father line, um, the I the I love, I love you, you, I know, I know. The, yeah. the the being frozen in carbonite. There's there's so many iconic things about the movie, but the big twist, the thing that got everybody talking about the movie when it initially came out, that's not what this movie relies on to be good, and that's what I think make the best twists. Where whether it's like. Uh, it just adds a whole new layer. Right. Well, it's like that was already like when I watched the uh, mm-hmm. the the Sixth Sense for the first time. I I knew the twist, but I mm-hmm. that did not take away from the movie at all because I was waiting to see how they would do it, how it would happen, what it meant for the story, and it works throughout. And that is exactly what the Darth Vader connection twist does for Luke Skywalker, does for Star Wars. It's still you can know it, and it's I think it's impossible nowadays for somebody to be like, hey you watch Empire Strikes Back for the first time and then it'll happen. They'll be like, I actually, okay, yeah. before Force Awakens, I know someone that got to experience it for the first time with no clue. They had no idea? Yeah, no How idea. old were they? Uh, it was actually Perry. Really? Yeah. What? That's and crazy. How? He, yeah, he was like blown away by it. It's, and I was just like, I'm man. jealous because I wish I could yeah. experience that feeling. Like that, like this is probably one of like a top two or three movies where I wish I could watch mm-hmm. with like Give me get the, the men in black to come in here, wipe my brain, and then set me down and be like, okay, you remember New Hope? Yeah, uh, but nothing else. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, now watch Empire Strikes Back, and then I'd be then I could experience this twist um, mm-hmm. because I I do wish I could feel that reaction because that is something that is different for The Force Awakens and Last Jedi for me, where I'm experiencing these things new and I have those memories where like some of the other older stuff like. I, I just feel like I've always known them mm-hmm. and maybe it's because I watched mm-hmm. them at a young age or whatever, but I don't have that impression of, Oh, Oh my gosh. Like I don't, the first time I saw Snoke get cut in half of the lightsaber is one of the most shocking things I feel like I've ever felt in cinema. And maybe the Darth Vader reveal would be 10 times that if I could see it without knowing it, but I'll never know. Mm-hmm. And plus that was in a war in an age where, you know, every movie almost feels like it, is tries to use some type of twist mm-hmm. in a way. So that was back before you got like a ton of twists. I feel yeah. like, I don't know if I'm, but yeah. Uh, have you seen like the YouTube video where uh, parents are showing their kids? Yeah, I have seen some Darth of those. Vader, or that's movie for the first time. I feel like that's the way you got to do it. Yeah. And like capture those moments on the, on video, just in case like you're showing mm-hmm. like a five or six year old, Hey, here it is. And then like, 
they don't so remember much confusion. it. They're just like, <laughs> like what? <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't get it. So yeah, I, that's one thing I wanted to praise about Empire is that yeah, it's known for these iconic moments, but there's the iconic stuff does not make the movie. We haven't even mentioned Lando Calrissian yet. Oh yeah, no. man, the best ad. Get an intro, Billy D. Mm-hmm. I mean, swap. He, like the way I mean, him and Han have a great chemistry too, or him and Harrison have a great. Yeah. Billy D and Han have a great. They're all. <laughs> it's all now. Or, I'm gonna, they're all one person. Exactly. The chemistry between those two, like just right at that beginning, where they're like, "Oh no, what did he do? This is going sideways real fast." Mm-hmm. And then it's just all a practical joke. And he's like, "Come here!" And then like they're best friends, and immediately like, "Oh, they haven't skipped a beat. They're long time." Um, you know, smuggling partners, whatever yeah. the case is. And then you know the, the twist, not twists, yeah, twists, the turns there. Mm-hmm. I love the turns, the reveals, not yeah, the twists. Um, that he's selling him out. Mm-hmm. Like you probably would have done for old time's sake or whatever. The yeah. I mean, Lando literally left them to die in uh, Solo. So there's a great turn there um, in a lot of ways. But yeah, Billy D, just the embodiment of jazz in a human being right there. Uh, <laughs> perfect. Yeah. Um, do we have any other thoughts here on Empire, on just wrap up Star Wars as a whole? It's a great just, franchise. Uh, yeah, I'm just thankful this franchise yeah. exists. Yeah. Honestly. All of these comments that were made were done with love. Yes. Like, mm-hmm. like legitimately. Not like I love this franchise. I love this series. Mm-hmm. I will talk about it and read about it and tweet about it until the end of times. <laughs> I mean, it's um, it's amazing like what it's accomplished. Like mm-hmm. all the side spinoffs with the books, video games, yep. uh, I mean, TV shows. Even yeah. yeah, even when we didn't know if we were ever gonna get a Star Wars movie again, it lived on through the EU yeah. and mm-hmm. you know everything. Yeah, that's always made me feel something. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean that those are our lists. Those are our favorite Star Wars movies going ten, going our even our top ten, ten through one. Um, let us know what you guys think of our list. Share your own list as well on social media. You guys find you guys can find us on Twitter at Friends and Film. And if you enjoy this episode, please subscribe, share, retweet, and more. Plus, Hero Tunes, give us a five star view. If you do that this week, you'll be eligible to win a digital copy of Ready Player One. So uh, just a little extra incentive for you guys to go help out the show and help increase our uh, notoriety on iTunes, I guess. Um, And then we'll also be back next week, obviously, with new episodes, a new review, and a new big question. But as for this episode... That's all we have. So you guys can find me personally on Twitter at MovieCooper and Coops underscore Hoops. You can get at me, Josh, at just Joshua Ryan. Come check me out at Believe in Blue 88. And thanks, Sam, for tuning in to the Friends from Podcast. Josh. Thanks for stopping in, everyone. Colin. Good to be here. Hope to be back soon. Absolutely. And be sure to return next week for our future episodes.